This episode starts the science debate. It looks at the nature of science and then those sociologists who believe that sociology can be scientific. So the science debate, like I said, can sociology be seen as a science? That's what it's about. All right. And the first thing we have to look at in order to answer this question is what is science in theory? Okay, so what should science be like? Anyone got any ideas about what science should look like? Because science is actually like a method rather than an area of study. What's the scientific method? What kind of words would you use to describe it? Objective. Absolutely, yes. So being detached. Yeah. And obviously value free, along with that being free of values. What else would you use? Yes. Well, yes. So the actual scientific method, its proper name, everybody, is called the hypothetico-deductive model. That is it. The hypothetico-deductive model. And the hypothetico bit is that it is based on a hypothesis. What's a hypothesis? Yeah. So it's a statement that is, that you are trying to either support or refute or disprove okay so that's the methodology yeah that's the method so it is the hypothetical deductive model and all of that is is a series of steps that scientists go through so they do some research they come up with a hypothesis they choose a method to use they then test their hypothesis and then they analyse the data and then they either prove or disprove their hypothesis yeah? If they prove their hypothesis, they've come up with a theory. If they disprove it, then they start all the way back again to come up with a new hypothesis. Does that make sense? So I would um, kind of write that as a kind of like a little arrow diagram. So you like research, create hypothesis, like choose method. Um, if it supports your hypothesis, then you've got a theory or a law of behaviour. Woo, look at you. If it uh, refutes or you know, disproves, then you go back to the beginning. <laughs> So that is the hypothetical deductive model, just a series of steps, the scientific process, taking all the information to create a theory, deducing. Okay. And that model and that piece of research, absolutely, you would talk about objectivity, value, freedom. What other words could we put in there? It's a nice one beginning with R. the most commonly confused word in all of those. Yeah. Which means what? Uh, that means you can uh, generate similar results through um, 
process. Absolutely. So reliability is about if you repeat it or if someone else did it using the same method, they will come up with the same result. And I think I've said to you before, if you ever, ever, ever write the word reliability or reliable in an exam, you need to stop for a second and just check you've written the right word. Because nine times out of ten, you're meant to be writing valid, right? Is it true? Okay, you're only writing reliable if you're talking about something being repeated. Like when you did those experiments in, in year nine. I did it five times to make sure that I got the same result. That's being reliable. Okay. What else is it usually? I put systematic. Like you follow this process. It's logical. Probably usually um, representative. So quite large samples. So this is like the perfect idea of what science is. This is what science should be, okay? So in order for us to understand whether sociology can be, we kind of need to know what we're aiming for, don't we? The next part is what's science in reality. So this is what it should be like. We're now going to look at perhaps what it's actually like. Do you think... Science and scientists do all of those things all of the time. Because scientists are humans, aren't they? Did you ever, when you did science experiments when you were younger, and you got like some rogue result, did you just think, I won't put that in? Just won't put it in. Because that's just going to complicate matters. Yeah, we've all done it. And you're telling me someone is not going to do that when there are millions of pounds or a reputation at stake. Or they've been working on something for 10, 15, 20 years and they're like so close to the end and then like some, some odd result happens. So the point is this, that scientists are human. Okay? And they are influenced by money, by status, by rivalry, by what's fashionable at the time, and therefore are not as objective as they claim. Or not always as objective as they claim. Okay, so that's the first point, that scientists are humans. Off you go. Right, so the first study that you would use in this part of an essay is this guy, Kuhn, K-U-H-N. And he talks about something called paradigm shift, spelt paradigm. That's an M, by the way, sorry. So, he suggests that science works within a paradigm. A paradigm is like a framework of acceptable ideas. Okay? So, a paradigm is a framework of accepted ideas. So, science works within a paradigm of accepted ideas. So, this circle here, that's my paradigm, that's my framework. And all these X's inside are all the accepted scientific ideas. Okay. If in the course of my research I come up with something, okay, I in inverted commas prove something that isn't within the paradigm, so my X is now outside the circle, what do you think happens to that by the scientific community? 
Yeah. Wiped away. Rejected. Okay. So only ideas that, that you discover that exist within the paradigm are accepted. Um, yes, what did you say the paradigm was? It's a framework of accepted ideas. Okay. okay. So, <coughs> Kuhn argues that if you came up with your idea that's beyond the paradigm, and at first it is ignored and rejected, if over quite a long period of time you built up enough scientific evidence, what would happen is there would be this sort of cultural revolution and you would have a paradigm shift that would then change the framework, change the paradigm to include your idea. But that takes a lot of time and a lot of evidence. So the example they always use in the books is, you know, people thought the world was flat. And then as science advanced and they could kind of like prove that it wasn't, that became part of the paradigm and we now understand that it is not flat. So if it's got enough evidence, the paradigm basically shifts, shifts towards it. Yeah, and includes it and it be then it becomes part of the um, framework. doesn't happen all that often. So for the last few minutes, five minutes, I've been telling you about paradigm shifts. Why have I told you why? What's, what's been the whole point of this? So we remember, our key argument is whether sociology can be a science. And in order to answer that, we're kind of saying, right, this is what science should be, but this is how science is. What do you think about this system is unscientific? If, to be truly scientific, okay, you should be open to any possible outcome. In order for something to be truly, genuinely scientific, to follow that hypothetico deductive model that we talked about is like the best model for science, you should be open to any possible outcome. Is he suggesting science is open to any possible outcome? No. Because if it doesn't fit within the paradigm, it's not going to be accepted. So that is unscientific. So the sort of very setup, the very nature of science, the fact that it exists within a paradigm is unscientific. Science should be open to any, uh, any possible outcome. Now in an essay, you don't have to explain paradigm shifts. I needed to explain to you so you can understand it. But in an essay, you are literally saying science works within a paradigm of acceptable ideas. That is unscientific because. That's the only bit you need to write. Okay, so that make sure that you've got that. Okay. So in order for something to be truly scientific, it has to be open to any possible outcome. As science operates within a paradigm, it is not. Therefore, it is unscientific. So our next person about the nature of science is a sociologist called Gon, G-O-N-N, who suggests that science operates or works within a social context. So what he's saying is that scientists are influenced by the society that they live in. And in his work, he talks about various sort of 
famous science scientists throughout history and kind of suggest, you know, it is no surprise that Darwin came up with his theory of natural selection in Victorian London when he was kind of seeing the poor, you know, desperately trying to survive. And the idea is if he lived in another country or another time period, he perhaps wouldn't have come up with that theory. Okay, so scientists are completely influenced by the social world, the society, um, the culture, the world around them that they live in. And therefore, it's not what? What's the first word you said today about science? Oh, objective. Yes, not objective. If you are influenced by society, you are not being detached. Okay, you are being subjective. So if you're not objective, you're not value-free, that's unscientific. So again, we go back to our essay, Can Sociology Be a Science? And we've gone, well, first we have to define what science is, and we've done that, and then we've kind of gone, well, science is actually like this. How do we finish this paragraph? How do we link it back to the question? If we've just sort of kind of slammed science for a bit and actually said actually science isn't really that scientific, how do we link that back to the question about sociology? What's our application sentence or sentences? Because there are two arguments you can make here, actually. The first, the simplest one, is if science can't be scientific... How on earth can sociology be? Yeah? Because sociology is dealing with, like, people, and, you know, we can't have... Um, can't control variables because we're not in a lab. So if science can't be scientific, how can sociology be with the nature of what sociology is studying? But the other, um, more, I think, sophisticated argument is if science, with all its kind of problems and all of its flaws that we see in paradigm shifts and, and gone and social context, can still be seen as scientific, why can't sociology be with its problems and flaws? Does that make sense? So even though science have got, has got some issues we've talked about, people would still suggest science is scientific. Yeah, because it follows the hypothetical deductive model. So therefore, why can't sociology that follows the same model, well, for some sociologists, be seen as scientific with its problems and its flaws? And then to sort of... After you've written that in an essay, the last point to make is by um, this sociologist, this realist sociologist called Sayer. That is S-A-Y-E-R. And Sayer defines, well, says that there are two types of science. Okay, there is closed science and there is open science. So closed science is a, a kind of a scientific subject where you can control the variables. 
okay? So chemistry is a closed science. You can do experiments in a lab. You can control all the variables and just change the variable that you want to, that you're investigating. It is closed. And open science is what do you think? Yeah, you can't control the variables. So for example, meteorology, which is the science of what? And it's not meteors. What's meteorology? It's the science of weather, right? It is deemed as a science. Can you control the weather ordinarily? No. And, you know, scientists that look at things like tectonic plates, they can't control that, but it's still seen as a science. That's an open science, okay? You can't control the variables. So, obviously, what Sayer is suggesting is if we take an open definition of science, sociology has more claim to be scientific, doesn't it? Because we can't control people in society. Okay, so if we take a more open definition of science, sociology has more claim to be scientific. So the next part of the essay, and in fact pretty much the rest of this essay and what we're going to do today, I'm not going to teach you really anything new. We are now just going to use everything you already know. Okay. So the next part is all those people that think that sociology can be scientific, so it is possible to be, but not only that, it should be. Okay, so sociology can and should be scientific. So just be careful of a question, because they, they might distinguish between these. Because there are sort of sociologists that kind of go... I suppose it could be, but it just shouldn't. Yeah, and then there are those sociologists that are going, it's totally impossible, can't do it at all, what are you trying to do? But there are a group of sociologists that believe it is firstly possible to be scientific and also should be. And who are we talking about? What type of sociologists? Yeah. So you are definitely going to talk about the methodology of positivism. Which is, guess what? The hypothetico-deductive model. Okay? So positivists use the hypothetico-deductive model that is used in science. They are aiming for their research to be objective, value-free, logical, systematic, all of those things that we wrote at the beginning about what should science be like. Okay? Do you need to write them? You can talk about how they try and operationalise concepts. What does that mean? Yeah, they define them. They make them measurable. Okay, so operationalise. make them measurable, define them. They use um, indicators. Indicators is just like the key term for um, the definition. So, for example, if I was trying to define the term alienation, I would go, you know, are the people bored? Do they feel isolated? Do they feel... So I'm, they are my indicators. They are my definitions, okay? 
And that using indicators and operationalising makes the research more reliable, doesn't it? Because we all know that people are defining things in the same way rather than subjectively. So what kind of data do we need? If we want to be scientific. Yeah. Quantitative. Okay. And what kind of methods are we going to use? Give me some examples. Yeah. Official statistics. Like closed questionnaires. Yeah? <laughs> and when you're writing about this, you are writing about how those methods and that data allows you to be objective and reliable and representative. Okay? And kind of terms I want to see in there is that these methods have a level of personal detachment. What do I mean? How are they different to if I was doing an unstructured interview or participant observation? And your opinion doesn't influence them as much? Definitely. What else? Am I ever going to meet these people? Am I going to look them in the eye? Am I going to know who they are? No. So there's no personal attachment. So there is personal detachment in those methods. You never meet the people, they are completely anonymous. You cannot form an opinion, a subjective relationship, a rapport with those people. And for positivists, that's a good thing, because therefore you can be totally objective. Because if, if I was observing someone for any length of time, I would form a, like, we're human, right? I'm either gonna like them or dislike them, aren't I? And therefore, that is probably going to slightly cloud my judgment. Similarly, if I'm interviewing someone for over an hour, you make an opinion. And that is not being objective. So what you're trying to suggest is that these methods allow you to be scientific. Because you are detached from people. Okay. You can use massive samples so it's representative. You can therefore look for, like they do in science, cause and effect. You can look for patterns in the statistics. And you are only going to want to do this if you're what type of theory? So we've got the methodology, we've got the data, we've got the method. What's the other bit? What's the theory? Yes. So you're only going to aim for this if you are a structuralist. That you, if you believe people have no free will and they are shaped by the structures. Because if you think people have free will, you cannot study them scientifically. Because you literally can't control them. Whereas if you think they are shaped, then you can look for the cause and effect, can't you? Like if the structures do this, this is how people are going to react. So it's very, very important 
that you write about the link between structure and um, positivism and looking at things scientifically. And what is the best study that we have done very recently that can illustrate all of this? Who showed that patterns in the statistics showed that structure... Yeah, who's... Yeah, absolutely. So there is no way I think you can write a good science essay without bringing in Durkheim's study of suicide. Okay. Because you can then get in the brilliant key term of social facts. Okay, suicide is a social fact. Durkheim thought that the whole point of sociology was to research social facts. What's the key definition of social facts? They exist... Outside the individual. Yeah, external to the individual. And therefore, they are a thing that can be studied in a scientific way. So if you don't believe in social facts, then you can't be scientific. So you can talk about the fact that he used official statistics. He wanted to show that this very individual act had structural forces, and he saw patterns in the statistics. He proved that it wasn't about free will. He followed the hypothetical deductive model. He came up with a law of behaviour. It is the perfect study. And then, of course, you criticise it, as we did. If you so choose... You can also add, and this is the only new thing I'm going to teach you, this guy, Compt. C-O-M-T-E, Compt. Heard of him before? Who is he? Yeah, he says that sociology is the... He is the guy that you like, first coined the term sociology, so he's quite significant. Like, before him, no one ever used the word sociology, which literally means the science of society. Like, ology is science. Yeah, socio, the bit at the beginning, is society. So the very word <laughs> means the science of society. He said sociology was the queen of the sciences. And he absolutely thought that we could study society in this scientific way to kind of um, better it. Like you could, if you found the problems, then they could be fixed. Okay? He's the very first positivist. He's like really, really significant. So definitely within this paragraph, please criticise Durkheim's suicide study, you know, that it's the statistics are social constructs you can... That he actually didn't operationalise um, integration himself. It's really outdated because there's too much emphasis on religion, that kind of thing. Okay? But are we happy with this bit? And people forget the basic stuff in this essay but you can't forget it you have to explain why these methods allow you to be scientific the other the other methods you just couldn't you, you know and you can make the comparison 
Okay, so, uh, sociology, let's like first do sociology just can't be, well they can't and shouldn't actually. And shouldn't. So, sociology can't and shouldn't be scientific. Who are these guys? Yeah, absolutely. Interpretivist. So, methodology. concerned with? What are interpretivists concerned with? Finding what? Meanings behind actions. Yeah, absolutely. Meanings behind actions. They want to find out why people do things. They want to like, look at the process of things. They want to look at just going to spit off. Interaction. And they want like a really in-depth, valid understanding. Do they want it to be reliable? No. Do they want it to be representative so you can generalise? No, they just want to find out like as much detail about that particular group or individual rather than go, right, I now want to generalise this to everyone. Okay, so we will finish this off next lesson. I will set your homework on Firefly. And I'll see you next week.